Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, the weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurbs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Cody Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 78, season 4, episode 20, entitled The Moms, originally airing May 6th, 2010. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. It's almost Mother's Day, and NBC is mandating that all shows do something about Mother's Day, so they're pairing TGS with the special Mother's Day airing of Bitch Hunter. <laughs> well, the the reason they're doing a, theme, uh, a mom-themed episode is because they re-aired the Bitch Hunter pilot, which offended a lot of people, so... It's interesting that they're also really showing that same episode yes. right after the 30th, the TGS episode. Anyway, what else happened? Well, to celebrate mothers, many of the cast and crew's mothers are in town to be a part of the episode. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the entire plot revolves around that. Mm-hmm. So there's so Liz's plot revolves around her obsession with astronaut Mike Dexter and through discovering her mother's past learns that she might be better off settling. Mm-hmm. Vern is back in town for the special, and to make sure she can pay for the second boob in her boob lift job, it's not a boob job, it's just a boob lift, because she has the meat there, Uh, she's there to collect the rest of her payment from Jack, because she Mm -hmm. only has half, and when they can't track down Tracy's mother, they find an actress to fill in. Mm -hmm. Also, Colleen's in town, surprising Jack. Colleen discovers Jack's romantic situation and is determined to make him choose. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's mostly a pretty contained plot in terms of it's all around the mothers but then there's these smaller subplots of uh liz learning about her mom's past uh verna sort of continuing well definitely continuing her story from her episode uh what eight eight episodes ago or so seven or eight episodes ago and then sort of tracy his smaller plot of learning that i mean he has very on the nose line of we don't choose our mothers which of course the, the funny thing is he did choose his mom in this instance but blah 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 but then this Jack storyline as well of continuing the Avery and um, Nancy storyline as well. Uh, but I mean, Colleen being back, Elaine Stretch being back is always welcome. Like she just she does a phenomenal job again in this episode. She's just so good. And there's a hilarious running bit where she yeah. purposely calls Kenneth by a different name to mm-hmm. see if she's ever going to see if he's ever going yeah. to correct her. Just using her intimidation of being who she is to frighten him or make him do whatever she wants him to do so she can go about her little plots uh there's also i mean i don't want to say a spoiler but for the liz's mom storyline it's revealed that she was once dating buzz aldrin so we get a buzz aldrin cameo and i'll talk more about it when we get to the man he bless his heart he is not well he's not an actor he's an astronaut yeah but you would think all the media appearances he's done over the years he would have some better acting ability like he's just so wooden anyway we'll get there we'll cross that bridge when we get there um any other thoughts i mean i really i think we should talk past the synopsis but I, i think i enjoyed this episode a lot i think it's it's one that runs through my head a lot when i think about good 30 rock episodes just because it's it's not the cartoon frantic 30 Rock, but it is frantic in that it's just always pushing to something. It's always moving. Like, there's just a lot of gears always yeah. turning. And I think it's a lot of fun and a lot of memorable moments in it. You know, I, I, I thought it was a really good episode because as a standalone, it works really well. But also, it does a good job of advancing um, Liz's and Jack's 
longer you know, you know longer season long storylines around romantic relationships and, yeah. and you know bigger developments and even Jenna too I guess really with the relationship with her mother even though yeah. it's I guess all fake but still like it <laughs> it's still kind of yeah. I don't know it fleshes her character out a little bit more yeah and this is the last time we see uh, Verna the Verna character Jan Hooks uh, she wouldn't return after this she passes away uh, when did she pass away 2014 so yeah. I mean this you know four years later but yeah she just she never returned to the show unfortunately um but and it's a, such a shame because i think she's such a great character uh but elaine stretch will receive her we'll see her coming back in later episodes too but uh yeah i don't know there's just something about the well danny he gets two scenes oh that's so right i forgot about that danny's back haven't seen him Lincoln in it, but yes. thing. i can't i don't know the last time we saw him it's a little while um and we learned some fun facts about him as well as his child. He learned some fun facts <laughs> he about also, him too. We all learned together. Uh, yeah, and I just think it's it's a fun episode. And there's there's just a lot of bits in here that I really enjoy. Oh, and Patty Lupone's back. And Patty Lupone's mother, of course. Uh, yeah. Lutz is playing. Well, the actor who plays Lutz is playing his own mother. Yeah. In drag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there's some. We don't we don't get to see. I mean, we get to see all the mothers, but we don't really get to see who they're all attached to. We just. And it could be an instance that it's the actual mothers of the actors or or the writers and staff and stuff. Yeah. The only thing I missed, I think, is it would have been, I don't know, to have Suri's mother there. Like, that would have been funny. Cause oh, the, I to, Just to see how they played yeah. it. Like, cause oh, they, that's true. They, they could have played reaction. it. Yeah. They could have played it a lot of different ways. Like, she's basically their Suri clone. Like, she's totally opposite. Like, oh, it just, I could easily be her being exactly like Suri. I mean, I think, like I think that's the easiest way, but they also could have done a total subversion. She's, like, a super buttoned up. I, I don't know. Like, it just, yeah. I, it just, it, it would have been interesting. So it's too bad that they didn't do anything there. Cause it, or, it they, or like Suri does, uh, just sends a cutout. <laughs> oh, right. That, that would be <laughs> hilarious if it was just cutouts of Suri, Suri and a cutout of Suri's yeah. mother just sitting in the background. Yeah. Maybe that's a delete. I don't know. I mean, somewhere. I, I guess that was the, that that only happened the other episode, so that probably I mean that was probably like it, it would have been a weird it would have been a weird reference unless that yeah. was a reference they like did more often because yeah. just to do it that once like but it might have just been it's like weird twice like you have to do it once or like I probably have to do it like multiple times because yeah. twice would be a little um, it's know. one of those like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, weird, it's a very underlying reference like and if yeah. you get it you get it like uh, yeah like community did a really good uh, gag throughout their first three or four seasons where in each in individuals episodes they one character for whatever reason says beetlejuice and if you don't know the lore of beetlejuice when you say his name three times it summons him so there's <gasps> one episode where one character says it just said an offhand comment and then two more that happened concurrently and then when the in the third instance when they say it just the characters in in the foreground but in the background out of focus it's like a halloween i think it's a halloween episode but you see a guy that looks like beetlejuice like walks by they don't draw attention to it they don't focus on it but it's just a small joke like that that just if you get it and you see it boom it's a fantastic reference otherwise it's just lost you're you're, you're just it's it, and it's it's like that siri kind of joke could work that way of just they're all on stage together and either Ceri's there or her standout is there and her mom's standout is there or something like that. Like it could have it could have been done, but anyway, we're trying to rewrite a show eleven years after the fact. So maybe we shouldn't do that. Anyway, any other thoughts before we 
hop in. Speaking of rewriting okay. a yeah. show 11 years after the fact. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, the, yeah. This, is, this is very current as of when we're recording this at the end of June 2020. If you're listening to this far off in the future, <laughs> you may want to, I mean. 544 <laughs> on June 25th. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, so 30 Rock was in the news this past week for Tina Fey, I guess, wrote a letter to various streaming services, production companies, I guess, or the the rights owners to ask that the four episodes that feature blackface be pulled out of circulation off like any availability, I guess, syndication, streaming services, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which has led to a lot of debate and discussion. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I wanted to say for, for obvious reasons, but yeah. also I, I guess of the four episodes that have been pulled only we've only covered one so far it was believe in the stars yeah, which was i think a season three episode yeah it was the uh, season three opener the oprah, oprah winfrey episode yeah, that which com- when you covered. told me the title of the episode you're like we've seen it we've already covered it and i was like what are you talking about like my mind doesn't process the names of yes. the episodes it's like if you told me the plot or something to have us ah i got you so that was the episode where yeah. tracy and jenna decide who to or, figure yeah. out who has it worse white women white or women or black, black men, men. And there's a couple scenes where basically Jenna is in blackface. And so that's one. There's a few others, um, which I haven't seen in a really long time. I know one is, one. well, two of them are live episodes. One is the one with John Hamm doing Mm -hmm. the Amos and Andy bit. Um, Yeah, which we will be covering that in next season. That's a season five um, series or uh, episode. No, I'm sorry. That's a season six. That's the second live episodes. Uh, The first first live episode is him doing the uh, hand transplant. Uh, joke. So it'll be a couple seasons before we get there, but yeah, those have been pulled. And what yeah. was the last one? And there, well, it was, it was of the Love Live episodes. It was that one. There was another one where it was like they pulled the West Coast edition, but not the East Coast or the East Coast. But I can't remember. It was, it was one of the one of the two versions. And I and the article I read didn't wasn't able to figure out why. And then there was one more, which I think also had to do with Jenna, but I can't remember now. But that's also an episode down the road that we haven't covered yet. Okay. But um, I wonder if the other live episode they pulled is the one with him doing the hand transplant because i think his hands are black oh and Mm -hmm. the joke is that they were hands of a former serial killer and it starts choking him which Mm. i never read it as he's killing him because he's a black man it's because the hands were a serial killer right but still the the imagery well the image is that he's it's i mean i mean well the imagery we we don't know the episode they know it's a hand transplant because they're different colors Rather than, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could have just done like stitches around his wrist to imply that they were stitched on, but I think the image works better in comedy of them being distinctly different colored hands, not implying that yes. black men kill born people or whatever. It's more just the imagery is funny because it's distinctly different colors. Uh, that might be why. I'll have to look into it and see. But anyway, anyway. but specifically, I guess I. I mean, so when we recorded the episode for Believe in the Stars, like, I think what I said at the time was, um, I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone who, like, says that's offensive that they're, like, making um, it up or, you know what I mean? Like, that, that their their feelings aren't, aren't like, you valid. know what I mean? Aren't valid or whatever, yeah. And, but I think if I remember correctly in that episode, um, the, like, the purpose of that storyline was basically to show, like, how clueless... Jenna was like it, it like the, the, the point wasn't like I guess it wasn't straight up blackface like 
this is you know we're doing blackface and this is funny it's more like oh look at jenna is clueless and like making fun of like of like dumb white people so like in the function like i guess in the function of the story plot like it like I guess it works as in in terms of I guess making fun of and not really endorsing it, but you know I've I've heard some interesting critiques in that like by showing it at all like you're kind of in in, in, in a subtle way like exactly like giving you know giving airtime to it so you're even if you're not endorsing it you're still using it as a form of comedy where like the yeah. the blackface is the form of comedy so I mean I, I mean not again not defending it nor anything like that but. At least it wasn't the very stereotypical uh, presentation of blackface. Like it wasn't uh, hat dash uh, a application of paint and big lips. Yeah. Like it was really more. Oh, I know what's the the other episode they pulled is the one. Uh, I think it's seasons. It might be this next season when uh, she is dressed as a football player and uh, Paul is dressed as. Oh, I think you're right because I think it, I think it's something with, it's with that Paul. One. Yeah, because so I think she's I, in blackface I, again, mm, okay. and he's he's uh, I can't remember who he's dressed up. But anyway, okay. uh, but yeah. So and again, even in that representation, it's still not the traditional blackface, but well, traditional in the very very old stylings of uh, was it who was the uh, God who was the the guy that really popularized back blackface in the Al. early 20s, Al, Al, Al Jolson. Jolson. Yeah. Right. Very, yeah. very comically black and big white lips. And like the, I, I think the more common idea, I think when you think blackface, she, that was never her, her uh, yeah. appearance, but it still doesn't make it okay. Uh, so yeah, I think I, and, it, and it's not the only show that's done that. Uh, I mean, I think the bigger one before this was always sunny has pulled a few episodes where, uh, the characters are doing blackface too because they're doing a lethal weapon parody where one of them I think both of them actually end up playing blackface because one of them want but they both want to play the same role so they they just force themselves out of each role to mm. to do it so I mean it's it's not an uncommon thing now for shows to yeah. be pulled well, I mean there's been a lot like The Office edited out a scene like Community mm. had Netflix yeah. pulled a Community episode like it's it's interesting to realize like how like how many still relatively recent sitcoms have like had random yeah. episodes where it's involved. And one thing that I haven't heard yet, but I'm really in- interested to see what happens. And it's actually relevant to this episode because it's an episode of Mad Men where um, oh you're right John yes. it's like a scene where John Slattery definitely John Slattery's character. I, no, or is it no? I can't remember. Any I, I think it I, anyway. It's like the some of the executives are having like a, like it's like a summertime party or whatever. And they do kind of like uh, basically the characters put on blackface and do like a little like minstrel dance parody. So it's like in that like in that situation, it's like the point is very clearly like look how racist even supposedly like you know like New Yorkers who were you know you know Northerners look how racist that upper white upper middle class you know white people were. So in that case, like it's like it's it's not even trying to endorse it. Like the whole point is like look at these crazy racist people. Right. But it's like I haven't heard it. But I mean, by the time, I mean, it wouldn't surprise you. By the time this episode, this, this podcast episode goes up, it might be pulled. It might yeah. not be. I don't know because it, it's it's interesting how like it seems like these comedies have been popping up the past week. But that's yeah. like a very prominent episode of yeah, that show. I feel like I feel like the showrunners would then argue that it's more of like whereas comedy is making light of it this is making light of it but at the same time it's show it's important for plot purposes so like maybe they could defend it i don't think it's defensible but 
I wonder if they will. Because how do you, do you recall how big of a plot point that it is, or if it's just like a one scene? Just it's just one scene. It's it's like it's like the, the the a subplot of this episode is just like this like you know summertime like outdoor okay. party. Yeah. That so they could probably cut it and not yeah. affect the. Well, I'm sure because I mean. But... I mean, I think, I mean, because you can say in that case, like, clearly the purpose is not to endorse it. And I mean, but of course you could say that about the, the Jenna, the Jenna scenes in the Believe in the Stars episode. So it's just, I don't know, right. it's interesting to see how people handle it. I mean, I don't know, Tina Fey also has had plenty yeah. of issues. Like, I, another thing that I've seen brought up a lot is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Jane Gurkowski's character in that, like, yeah. which, I mean, that was a really, like, ill-advised yeah, I still think storyline in that show. They treated that storyline with a lot of respect, and like when she would go to see her parents, they they weren't treated as stereotypes. That's true, but but it still was like either don't have her be Native American descent and have that be a plot point, or maybe have her like a, maybe she's like I don't know, maybe have like a sister. I don't know, maybe have her be adopted into that family. Yeah, and. I don't know, she feels like an outcast or something. You can write that plot a little bit better than just having her be a Native American descendant, but her skin just doesn't reflect, like, she doesn't have the melatonin yeah. in her skin to reflect that. And the mel- wait, that melanin. Melanin, <laughs> melanin, sorry. The, the sleepy pill. Uh, the chemical, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Um, just short-sightedness, I think. Yeah. But Well, I guess what I really want to get at with Tina Fey is this is the I don't know. I, I mean, maybe she's like done some like soul searching the past month, but like, I, I think up to this point, pretty famously, like she has like turned back any criticism of her, mm-hmm. especially coming from the internet, because there's that infamous and honestly one of the worst episodes of television I've ever seen, that Kimmy Schmidt episode, where I think it's, it's called like Kimmy puts on a play, where basically the 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 plot line is like an internet mob is like mad at cultural appropriation, yeah. it's, like thing where like Titus. Titus's character like basically does yellow face or something like that to sing an aria in Modern Madam Butterfly. Yeah. And it's like the the way that episode ties up is he sings so beautifully that the that they the angry internet people just yeah. like combust because, you know, he he, he was still able to he, his voice is so beautiful he they still told the story. He broke but, down barriers and, which or not bar- barriers, but he they they looked past that to which Yeah, because the art was still good. And I feel like that sums his, up his job like the job that he does in that scene, like him singing that aria. Yeah. Is, Fantastic! He's so good, but you could have done but that the without whole point, the story. But the whole point of that episode is basically internet criticism is stupid. Creators should be able to yeah. do what they want. Like funny is funny, and criticism, you know what yeah. I mean? Like internet criticism is well, worthless. I guess, but that was so, the general consensus I think for a lot of writers around that time was oh the inter- I mean I mean that's that's been right, a thing but for I mean, years I, in writing rooms is people saying the internet who cares it's just a bunch of dumb nerds but. Now it's become way more vocal and way more prominent of people being able to, to not say outraged in a bad way, but to air their criticisms and say, what you're doing is wrong and you're just adhering to stereotypes, so please correct it. And I guess, like you said, maybe Tina Fey is learning finally that her, her either racism overtly or subtly uh, has come to light very fast and in and, uh, and, and a very loud way that she has to address it she has to accept that she has done incredibly hurtful things to a lot of people yeah. and she needs to apologize yeah. well i mean it's it. it's nuanced like i wouldn't say the the genesis like the genesis are i mean i let me put this this way i could like see how someone would find them hurtful like i don't think her intention in that case you know what i mean so yeah. it's like that's more of a thing where it's like it's a more subtle nuance thing where 
in standalone that episode you could say okay like but I, I get what this is doing like this is making fun of that sort of thing but like i i guess just i she i, I think she just had a larger pattern of not accepting criticism yeah like when people criticize her for those things so it's like yeah. that that episode in isolation like i could see i could easily see someone say like any depiction of blackface i find you know upsetting to well it's in, they're not endorsing anyway. They're yeah. they're just making fun of the yeah. character. But I guess hers is part of a larger a larger issue of yeah. not necessarily handling things. What in I the really want to know is when these writers are pitching this to the actors and other writers, the the amount I, I hope that there's amount of pushback of them saying, I don't feel comfortable doing this and I, I wanna like I wanna know how much it took for them to convince, you know, Jane Krakowski in both instances, I guess, yeah. of doing blackface or in Kimmy Schmidt of playing a Native American descent or Titus playing yellowface and things like that. Like, I, I want to know. I mean, I'm more so the, the Titus because, I mean, he is a person of color yeah. and is being asked to then portray another person of color who is also a minority. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm, I'm curious behind the curtain how much convincing has to be done or if they're just told to like, I don't. I would hope not, but I hope they're not just told to just shut up and do it because that would I mean, that would be really bad. But I'm, I've yeah. always been curious like, how much convincing it takes to get these scenes because every time I watch that scene of Jenna and blackface in the uh, Believe in the Stars episode, it just feels like she does not want to do it. Like she doesn't. Yeah, do I, I, I remember you saying that when she we just looks were, so uncomfortable. Yeah. and it's just like I, I don't remember even the camera being on her that much. So I feel like maybe that was a maybe that was a, a yeah a condition was like hey. I'll do it, but please do not focus on me too much. I don't want to. But then again, she does it again in a later season, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm just curious. Well, it's also interesting, like, just how, like, Black Vision Journal's lightning rod, because, I mean, so those episodes were banned because, or not banned, but those episodes have been taken down, like, but the episode we're about to discuss, Tracy's storyline, he's the only, well, there's, uh, apart from Twofer, he's the only Black person in the cast, but of all the mothers that are in this episode, like he he's african-american and his storyline is about an absent parent you know what i mean like that's like uh that's like a stereotype that mm-hmm. i mean i i'm sure some people find just as offensive but like you know like i'm sure this episode would never come up as a uh, potential for being pulled because of those things because so it doesn't yeah. have the same like snapshot of yeah. you know person blackface so it's like it's just interesting like you know what i mean like how like I guess I, I could just see something someone finding that just as damaging yeah. or offensive as a stereotype. And yeah. to I mean, apart from that, like, you know, Jenna has issues with her mother, but it's like not, I don't know, it, it's it's not quite the same. Because it's like, I, I feel like the, the absent parent thing is just like such like a stereotype of like, oh, you know, like, yeah. blah, 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 Well, blah, I mean, so. it's also, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode because, you know, Tracy has the line where he's trying to become the best man for for Grizz's wedding and he has those two jokes about his mom so he clearly knows who his mom is and has a relationship with her and in the very next episode after that he's like I haven't seen her since 1984 so it's like so what happened to your relationship so it's not that he was from a motherless home but we do know he grew up in an adoption home from the first episode or adoption house I guess is better but like um, yes I don't know like it's it's weird to have those two episodes back to back of he knows his mom and in the very next episode he doesn't even know where she is and i mean we've we've had the other instance of he doesn't know who his father is either or he hasn't seen his father in a real time so he's both he's really from a broken home and i guess maybe that's not as big but like you said like it it probably is 
uh, something that maybe a lot of people uh, don't like to see and, and feel that it is very well. It's not even that, like, right? It's, it's like, right, and I mean, it could it, be it's not even like what they don't like to see, but it's just like I don't know. It's just like it's something that plays into like uh, into a just a a, a, a cultural. Right. Well, I, I say like I would say like a gross generalization, like just like a just like a really like old hat. Like it's not particularly funny or edgy, and you know what I mean. It's like well, but I mean, is it? I mean, I, I don't want to assume this about Tracy, but I know he's had a rough life. As tra- did Tracy Morgan come from a broken home? I mean, so, it's I mean, possibly I mean, did. I mean, if it, it's just reflecting his real right. life. It's, I mean, it's still potentially offensive to someone who doesn't know. Right. But it's it, it then less offensive if it's like, well, this is just reflection of his life. As he, you know, his dad wasn't around when he was a kid. And, he doesn't know his mom. Yeah. I mean, that's entirely possible. But I'm just talking about like if we're talking about we're going to pull episodes out of circulation because oh, right. of being offensive in some way. It's like you know, I mean, like well, this is an example. You know, I mean, like the, the the cultural conversation would never probably you know consider it in that way. But it's like I don't know. It's just it's I, 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 I'm just taking more from a point of discussion. Like what yeah. you know, like obviously I understand that if you have a very visual thing to point to that has a, a very like hurtful in history and how it's been played in media like history. why that's something that's more likely to be pulled but it's just like there are other, it's just I guess in the show and I've, probably if you look at lots of other shows there are like little things like that that just like just play on stereotypes and things that aren't the most cre- you know what I mean like it's yeah. not the, it's not the most cre- it's not the most creative like and yeah it's entirely possible like that's pulled from real life or has relevance to real life and like I, you know what I mean like obviously like um I mean, there there are things happening. There are certain stereotypes about whatever people, religions, ethnic groups, whatever that like are true in some way. But that doesn't mean that you know what I mean. Like, but right. you don't have to portray it for, because one to one, it, 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 it's not necessarily an interesting way to do it, even if it's quote unquote realistic Real, or that's, yeah. because if it's been made to a stereotype yeah. that's not done. I don't know, it's just not done in an interesting way. Yeah, so. I feel like I feel like thinking about it that way it, it it leads to a little bit of a slippery slope argument of like. Well, some people find black. Well, everyone finds blackface offensive, but does everyone find? You well, know, not everyone. Well, not everyone. But I mean, most people. Um, but does most people find things like broken home families and stuff as offensive that we need to start pulling those episodes to? And then, well, no, no, I'm not saying that. I don't think anyone's saying that. I'm just saying it's no. Like, but I can see like someone making that argument as like a, right. as like, well, where does it stop? And it's like, I mean, it, well, apparently it stops at blackface because they haven't pulled any other episodes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know it's just a thing to talk about because there's 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 other things that like are are maybe more nuanced or not outwardly as you know visually whatever like yeah. offensive, but like if you think about it, like it's still like it still plays into things that I mean I, I'm sure you know if you analyze any episode of the show like I mean we know there have been plenty of like like little off like gay jokes and trans jokes <laughs> and probably jokes about women too that are just like well what what is you know what is funny versus what is edgy versus like you know what i mean like if you're, if you're gonna pull something from this like what you know what i mean like what i don't know it's, it's just interesting to talk about more than i'm not coming from a standpoint of like we should be pulling this episode because right. this is also offensive just like interesting about like this is also something where i could see where like it could be just as damaging but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily as overt so it's just yeah. interesting to see how it gets handled yeah but i mean it'd be interesting to see yeah. i mean i know more or not more famously but in addition i guess last year when the whole uh, that michael jackson documentary came out oh uh, uh, finding, Neverland. finding neverland when that came out 
that finally pushed Simpsons to pull the episode with Michael Jackson in it from yeah. streaming services and things like that. I mean, they're still available on DVD, but uh, you you can't really find that episode legally anymore. So, mm. uh, but it's interesting that it took that like this, like this episode's been around, or the previous uh, blackface episode has been around ten plus years, and they're only now getting pulled. Whereas that episode was around that was season three. They're up to season thirty one now. So what twenty eight years that episode just mm. sat out there, uh, and it wasn't the first time he was ever accused of this. So it's like they still sat on that episode for twenty plus years. Uh, and it was only then that they finally pulled it from streaming or from from various services. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess it just it will then push writers to become more creative in terms not of being offensive, but in terms of yeah. writing characters and portraying uh, people of color or potentially uh, non-white people in better light and for better uh, circumstances and not reliant entirely on stereotypes and things like that to write good characters like i don't know like i mean does do you feel shows like uh blackish or uh, grownish or uh what's that one? insecure do you think that that show insecure is such a good show is written i mean it, i feel like it is a uh a show written by people that are being portrayed as opposed to like a white staff writing for black uh, um, I don't know. What, insecure, definitely. I know Issa Rae has a strong yeah. hand in the writing. I think the the writing staff is mostly, if not entirely, people of color. Blackish, I'm not sure because there are a lot of network sitcoms that are staffed by a lot of white people, even if the mm-hmm. actors and like the content is yeah. focused around people of color. So I'm not sure about that. Um, I feel like ABC would be a diverse group of writers just because yeah. they're Disney and they seem to be in the forefront of things like that, overlooking Song of the South, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just curious, like... Well, like, I think, like, the showrunner of Fresh Off the Boat was, like, Asian, but she was, like, Middle Eastern Asian, not, like... Was that East a Asian? Cherry... Nanashka Khan. Nanashka Khan. Yeah. So it's, like, that's, like, she's, you know, she's Asian, but it's, it's like, it's not this, you know, not uh, not right. Chinese, so right. is there a difference? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, it's also, there's subtleties in there, too. I like, forget how large Asia is. I oh, yeah. forget how large Asia oh, yeah. is. I mean, there's a, yeah, a lot, a lot of subcultures yeah. and regions yeah. and... Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of countries. So, like, right, so it's, it's you know, there, it's like, I guess you have an sure of Asian background, but it's not necessarily the, the, the same region or cultural, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's interesting. Nation. About. Yeah. But I guess one thing about Tina Fey's statement that was, like, I, I think you were saying about, like, no, like, you know, like, black child should ever have to, like, see that and, like, be made to feel uncomfortable. So it's, like, acknowledging that, like, you know what I mean? Like, even if the intention is, is to make fun of, the cluelessness of someone putting on blackface like just you know, you know someone seeing it could still uh, like right. a young person could like be you know right. I mean, and she you know and, and her thought was like yeah. she didn't want that to happen which is I mean right. which is good and seems like growth from where she's been because yeah. I mean let's face it not a lot of kids are really getting the nuance and the subtleties yeah. of shows like I mean there's plenty of time shows I've watched as a kid that were well beyond my demographic like I was watching The Simpsons and because it was a cartoon and I got the jokes of, you know, that they were making for the kids, but years later I'd go back and watch it like, wow, they were really touching on some stuff that I just, I mean, I wasn't a smart kid anyway, but like things that that were way over my head. Uh, So like a kid may not get the reason why Jenna is in blackface, but she just sees her in blackface and gets upset, or they get upset and they maybe can't articulate why they're upset because 
the mom or the parent might explain, oh, they're just doing this, and the kid doesn't understand that. Not to say that kids are dumb, but they just some of them don't get nuance and subtlety. So, yeah, I think I think Tina Fey did a good thing here in pulling those episodes, and I think that was a good response. She still has a lot to make up for, um, in terms of her history of of being racist and 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 some choices I think she's made behind the camera, but it's a good start. Let's just hope that she continues to grow as they say any other thoughts on tina fey and racism let's hop in <laughs> or hop let, in. let's hop out of that hop, out hop of, into the mom into the episode all right so our cold open is basically going to set up the entire show uh or the entire episode rather and then once we come back from the opening we will set up the uh individual storylines of uh liz's mom uh, and Tracy's mom and Jenna's mom and all that. But this is going to set up the overall arcing story as well as Colleen's reappearance. Hey, can I get your Lucretia Mott on this? What is this? Budget approval for travel and hotels for the moms. The moms? What moms? The staff moms that are going to be on the Mother's Day show that NBC is making us do after their ill-fated decision to re-air the pilot of Bitch Hunter. Wait, it's Mother's Day already? Did you forget? Colleen is gonna kill you. There's still time. Jonathan, Jonathan, call the florist and order a dozen. No. Next time, too late, Jackie. <laughs> so in the quick clip from Bitch Hunter, the what was the executive producers? Uh, writers, right? Or writers? Yeah. Yeah, the writers are Jack Burdett and Matthew Weiner. Jack Burdett being a writer on 30 Rock. Matthew Weiner being the creator and showrunner of Mad Men. So... I missed that. That so that's the first reference to Mad Men in this episode. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, there's, there's a another big one coming later. Yeah. But so, uh, Bitch Hunter does not seem like a show that he would uh, no, no. work on. I think it, I think it's really just a shout out. Yeah, because no, yeah. Mad Men at this time is in season three. Um, this was you sorry. This was this is 2010. So season two or three. Okay, yeah. yeah. So just a sh- and obviously John Hamm was on Thirty Rock. So just mm-hmm. a- oh, that's right. So maybe yeah. So. The John Hamm episodes were what season two of the show? No, that was um, season three. Okay, so okay, so yeah, so because obviously Madden, so right, so second, third, maybe. I say Madden started in two thousand eight. So yeah, that sounds about right. Third season. So we're back from the cold open and the opening credits, and we're getting a tour of essentially getting a tour of TGS, meeting all of the various some of the various moms of the cast and crew, and we'll we'll meet some more sporadically throughout. The first is Frank's mom, who we have met before, but uh, Patty LuPone is, is great. Um, so it's, it's nice to see her again. She doesn't get used as much. I, I guess it's it's about comparable with what she was used last time because she was only in one scene there. But here she's used in a couple scenes. But yeah, it's, I think everyone gets their, their due time and, and does, a, does a great job with it. Hey, why isn't my beautiful Frank up on the wall? Well, come on, that's just for the actors. Huh, here's a picture you can use. It's little Frankie in the bathtub, getting ready for the senior prom. Thank you. Mom, what are you doing? You don't have to pay for the food. Honey, nothing is free. You remember that, when a man buys you an expensive meal. Yeah, that's happening a lot. Hey, Verna. Well, you must remember my mom, Margaret. Oh, yes, we met a few years ago when the girls lived in Chicago. You must have me confused with someone else. I have never been to Chicago. 
I sexually assaulted Scotty Pippen in 1997. There's my baby! Oh, mommy! So speaking of <laughs> questionable jokes and content, yeah, yeah, that, you're, that line with you're right that that line if it would have been a, a, a man talking about a woman like they never yeah so that's another uh, I know example double of standard. Well, mean, well, double, double standard, double standard, but just like a thing that's I mean you know again we're in the we're in the the post kind of post Me Too movement and fallout mm-hmm. and. I mean, obviously, sexual assault is very serious, mm-hmm. and so you know what I mean. Like it, that's something like here, it's, it's played off as a joke. Like, is that something that is, you know, funny or well? I mean, or... I mean, and you take it standalone in the wine value. I mean, it is, it is, I guess, silly and funny because it's so yeah. ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous and random. But like, you know what I mean? Largely, things like you know, sexual assault obviously isn't isn't necessarily yeah. a funny thing to joke about. So it's like you know what I mean? Like when you're talking about like. Again, like it's it's rare that you ever talk about pulling episodes over lines of dialogue, but like that's another thing where it's like, well, I mean, is that I don't know, like I I mean, I'm not going right. to start doing a ranking of things like how offensive is blackface relative to jokes right. about sexual assault yeah. relative yeah. to jokes yeah. about this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's a fruitless exercise, but it's just interesting just to think about like what can Modern and can't get they, away with and what works and what doesn't, yeah. and just like I you know, I don't yeah. know, it's just it's it's interesting. Well, speaking of sexual assault, uh, not to harp too much on this, but. So I think it was a couple weeks ago I mentioned about uh, the WWE were doing really poorly with their COVID testing stuff. Oh, yeah. Even now, this week, it broke that multiple people inside of their performance center have been testing positive for the virus, and a lot of people are staying home and refusing to work and things like that. Wow. So it's, that's that's one part of their hotbed mess. They're in Florida, right? They are in Florida. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, where that state is. And now this past weekend and all through this week, there's been uh, more on the sexual assault side. There have been a lot of of claims and stories coming out from people. uh, They're using the hashtag speaking out of a lot of what is known as the Brit Res uh, Federations. Uh, Basically, a lot of European uh, wrestlers are being found... uh, accountable for a lot of sexual misdeeds they've done in the past a lot of victims are speaking up and speaking out and because of the way the wwe works they uh they just acclaim things they just buy things so a lot of their talent are under these accusations and allegations so there's a lot of people being suspended there's a lot of people Hmm. being let go well it's good that they're acting then they are acting on it uh some people feel it's you know too little too late some of them are like it's suspensions not enough they need to be fired and held accountable and things like Mm -hmm. that um so it's like it's just a really bad time or not to say feel too bad for a company but it's just man they're they're getting it from both sides in terms of a virus and now all these allegations when they already have a really uh, arguably thin roster as it is because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that are choosing to stay home and now are having to stay home and it's just like man it's mm. it's it's bad I'm it's surprised really it took bad. this long to get to that part of the industry I guess because it seems like you know, oh no I'm, there's always been stories uh, but obviously no one believes but I'm saying right so. but publicly like yeah I yeah. guess actually like things coming mm-hmm. forward yeah well, because every time someone comes forward, they're just immediately talked out and right. said they're blacklisted and they're not allowed to uh, do it. They're not allowed to work anymore because, you know, the person they're accusing has more power. And so they can just deny it. And 
everyone sees or a lot of people did cry and say oh they're just looking for fame or blah 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 and now that more is coming out and it, and it's so vocal you can't ignore it and you you want to believe the believer or you want to believe the accusers because they gain nothing from this if they're lying they gain nothing from this if they're telling the truth because well i mean they 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 they, I don't want to miss... They gain the people being held accountable for their right, actions. Right, they gain justice from yes. the people hurting them in the past. So, yeah, it's just... It's a mess. It's a mess right now. And uh, hopefully it all... For the accusers, gets worked out and they all get justice. And the people that are, are indeed guilty of these assaults and crimes are held accountable. And, uh, yeah, it's... Because it's like the list of names coming out, it's like, oh, man... I really like that person. Can't like them anymore. Like, you remember the guy that we saw in the hotel uh, in London? Oh, uh huh. Yep. Oh, he's the list. So, yep. <laughs> Yikes. It's bad. Anyway, uh, back to Thirty Rock. Uh, Tracy uh, gets some notes from Pete about uh, trying to find him a stage mom. Look, Tracy, this Mother's Day show is tomorrow, and we haven't been able to track down your mom. I gave Kenneth her information. Her name might be Cheryl, and she was wearing a red shirt in 1984. Look, I don't want you to be alone up there with all the families, so what if I hire an actress to play your mom? Okay, but whoever she is needs to be someone as amazing as I am. I want to see a list of names, like when they was looking for John McCain's running mate. <laughs> I'm kidding. This needs to be taken seriously. I feel like that was probably sort of dated joke even at oh, that yeah. time, but it's still yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. I guess the, the biggest thing that still came out of that was the whole Sarah Palin and Tina Fey playing yeah. Sarah Palin. It's so interesting, like, in a, in a lot of ways, like, Sarah Palin was, like, a precursor of the current moment, and yet the past few years, like, she hasn't been in the public eye much at all. Like, she has popped up here and there, but it's, like, it's, like, I don't know, like, this was, you know what I mean? Like, it this was kind of everything she represented at the time, like, come in fruition in culture, like, yeah. ten years later, and it's like, she actually isn't present for it, which is... Did Sarah weird. Palin predict everything to happen in No, it was more like her existence was just, like, kind of just a... Not an omen, but, like, a, a representation of a certain kind of thing that was hidden at the time that just yeah. is having its, well, hopefully, last gasp, but... <laughs> was she still governor? She can't... Oh, no, no, she resigned. Yeah. Uh, not long after basically she you know after the election and yeah. she actually she was actually real i mean she had like a reality oh, show right. on tlc or something yeah, and other yikes. stuff and, and she well she popped on the mass singer uh this this past season i think i think we actually might have talked about it when it happened um but anyway i don't want to start getting into all no. that but um it's just interesting, it's just interesting that she was such a large character and it's like she's absent from the, a lot of things that, that she would that she stood for like being part of the yeah recent culture well, i i say that's good because we don't need her around anymore she's contributing nothing. i mean there are plenty of people who are equally as whatever who have who have taken her no, place exactly. like, multiple people i mean the spot, right so. i mean all the the the, the candace owens and tommy Lawrence oh and and laura ingrams and all i mean they're all you know i mean it's just it's uh anyway we go back to jack's office and we get the reason why colleen is here well half of the reason why colleen is here Happy Mother's Day, Colleen. I'm not here about Mother's Day, John Francis. You know who's in my water aerobics class down in Florida. Yes, Mother, I've memorized the names of everyone in your water aerobics class. Patricia Goodban, 
whose sister runs the Friday night bingo game at Our Lady of Reluctant Integration in Waltham. Turns out last week that the game was won by Ann O'Connor, who mentioned that her niece, Nancy Donovan, got divorced and was running around with a hotshot in New York City who pours scotch like a woman. If I don't always share my personal life with you, Colleen, it's because you've never approved of any woman I've shown an interest in. No, that's not true. I'm not having this conversation with you right now. I have work to do and I'll be joining you for lunch. In the meantime, Kenneth here will uh, entertain you. Okay, Kenneth. Entertain me. Oh, the fiddles in the creek and the frogs in the kitchen. I apologize, ma'am. That is not a song you make me very nervous. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, she has the best line readings. Like, every look from the Our Lady of Reluctant Integration, oh, which is hilarious. That's such a good joke. To pour scotch like a woman, yeah. to entertain me. And, yeah. Uh, ooh. Yeah, her reactions oh, are so great. Like, I wonder if, like, that line of pour scotch like a woman, that's Colleen projecting, right? Not the way he was described by Anna Connor, right? Like my that was that's always my read about yeah. it was her saying he, like the story was oh and she's running around with some hot shot in New York and then Colleen's like I bet I know who that is because <laughs> how would like how would Miss O'Connor know how he pours scotch over right, or something? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, her line reading is she's so good. She's such a treasure on this show. Her, her she's she's got a few episodes left in her, but it's gonna be sad when she's no longer around. She's so great. Uh, meanwhile, we're meeting a few more of the moms. Uh, Danny is introducing his mom, Miho, to Lutz, who, and Danny learns a fact about himself. Hey, Lutz, this is my mom, Miho. Oh, hi. Ah, I didn't know you were adopted. What? Thanks a lot, Lutz. <laughs> mom? This is Lee. He's the head of our wardrobe department. Well, hello, Lee. <laughs> Wrong tree, Mom. Gotcha. So Lee's going to take care of your clothes for the show. Oh, no, no, that won't be necessary. I brought some real cute duds. I made us both rompers to wear. <sighs> Excuse me. My friend has to go strangle her anxiety pillow. Lee, it's the bridesmaid's dress. I can't breathe. I'm going to die in here. <sighs> Bridesmaid? It's bad luck for a married woman to be a bridesmaid. It brings fever and disease. Yeah, well, I'm not actually married, so... Not even common law? How do you get credit at a mattress store? You know, my Johnny's single, and he gives excellent back rubs, I can assure you. Thank you, Mrs. Lutz, and thank you, moms, for your interest, but I just haven't met the one yet. Oh, for crying out loud, Liz. You see, that's what feminism does. It makes smart girls with nice birthing shapes believe in fairy tales. Stop waiting for your prince, Liz. I'm not waiting for a prince. I'm waiting for astronaut Mike Dexter. Oh, sweet Lord in heaven. Who turns out to be the secret king of Monaco. Liz, you're almost 40. You're not going to find some new kind of man. Whoever the one is, you probably already met him. You're 40? John is looking for a greener banana. I love that the romper that Verna brought said Jenna's mom's daughter on yeah. it. <laughs> so I wonder what, uh, do you think they both said that then? Jenna's mom and Jenna's mom's daughter. Yeah, probably. Mom, yeah. Jenna's mom's daughter, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, but there's Colleen in that scene sort of giving the story element of Liz and her her moral of the story of that there is 
if she has met the one, she's probably already met him, or that you can't, I mean, no pun intended, shoot for the stars to try and find the one person that you're supposed to be with. Which, I don't know, I guess, like, it's it's only recently that they've started hammering in the fact that Liz is sort of perhaps reaching too far to try and find the one when she hasn't had much of a successful relationship with anybody that she's ever been with. So, um, I don't know, it's weird that they're sort of hammering that so hard now. Because I've never got that vibe from yeah. her. She's always looking for the one. She's always just seemingly looking for anyone. So Well, for a little while she was looking for a baby, and they haven't talked about that for a long That's time true. now. That's true. I think they've basically given up on that. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, well, that sort of comes back around in the end of season six and early seven, oh. where when she starts... And well, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but yeah, that storyline does come back, but it seems like it's been put on pause indefinitely for now. Uh, but meanwhile, Tracy learns about uh, his stage mom, Novella Nelson. Good news, Trey. We found a great mom for you. Her name is Novella Nelson. Novella Nelson? Oh, wait. Is she Aquaman's girlfriend? No. She's a great actress who lives in Brooklyn. She looks like you. That could be anyone. We all look the same to me. Is she famous? You'd probably know her best from a commercial they air a lot during the 3.30 a.m. Sports Center. Oh, these overalls are chafing. I can't wear these pajamas, fishy. Pajama rolls. Pajama always. What about the list I gave you? Felicia Rashad, Serena Williams. They're too recognizable, Tracy. And Serena Williams is younger than you. Who cares? She's awesome and so am I. I want Serena Williams to be my mother. We've already booked Novella. The woman's been in the business for 40 years. I think she's good enough for the star of Sherlock Homie. So we give a tease of Nanella Nelson, who ah, Novella Nelson, who does play herself in this in this episode. We'll see her in an upcoming scene. Uh, but uh, what did Tracy say? She's been a judge nine times. Yes, but black black judge, black nine, judge times. nine times. But her IMDb currently has her sitting at five, so she's close to getting that <laughs> record. Uh, maybe she's even surpassed it by this time. Um, but that is true. Like I feel like there's a lot of times where you just see the same actor always playing a very same role, mm-hmm. and it seems like Judge is always like a safe role because you're not so much you don't have to be speaking roles. You're just in a, I guess if you have like a presence of authority, that's all you kind of really need for that. It's really hard to cut some scenes, and I'm trying to keep all the scenes with Colleen in them. Uh, but uh, Jack and Colleen are eating at some time of the day and she drops the bomb that she also knows he's in a relationship with Avery <sighs> from the hot box. I know what you're thinking, mother, and we are not talking about Nancy Donovan. I don't want to talk about Nancy Donovan. I want to talk about the little blonde girl that you are sleeping with. What? My mother knows, Jackie. Oh, hi. Are you going up? Down, actually. Oh, I forgot my phone. Two women, Jack. At the same time. What are you, Italian? I didn't choose for it to happen like this. Be a man and pick one. I can't. They both give me different things. One connects me to the man I was. The other inspires. Just listen to yourself, Jack. I know it's gay, but it's my gay problem. And I'm handling it. We're ready to order now. Just bring my son one of everything. That way he doesn't have to choose. <laughs> oh, she's so catty. <laughs> that laughing. Yeah. She's so good. Alright, so we are starting to cut some scenes. Uh, the first one is going to be Jenna and Verna. Uh, Verna has been dropped off an outfit for the show that she does not agree with. And Jana, Jana, 
Oh, Jenna is just simply asking her to meet her halfway, uh, but Verna does not want to, and now she's already wanting to give up on why she came back in the first place. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Maggie or Margaret, uh, Liz's mom, is in her office tidying up. Oh, there you are. Just thought I'd tidy up. That's my computer. Oh, no, me. A computer is a great big thing with a green screen. Mom, do you think it's weird that I'm still single? Well, your standards are very high, as they should be. I remember someone who got a three on her history AP test. So, what? if you, I guess if, if you, uh, uh, if you haven't taken, I guess, AP tests, like, you, the, the... The grading scale is different? Well, no, it's, it's just, it goes one to five, and three is dead in the middle, and five is the best, so... That's kind of a, I guess, I don't know, like a joke at her expense. Her standards aren't that high. If, if getting a three on the AP history test is like a high standard, I guess. Ah, okay. Thank you for explaining that. I've never really got, I, I assumed it was still like the same grading scale and she just got close to a zero. No, it's like, it's basically like dead in the middle. So, I mean, it's not bad, but it's just like, it's kind of it's just average. average, yeah. <laughs> but do I expect too much? Maybe the moms were right. Maybe I should have just settled. I can't tell you what to do, Liz. But I know from experience that that guy, that perfect guy, is out there. Because I know I found mine. See, that's all I want. What you and Dad have. Oh, I'm not talking about your father. What? What do you mean you're not talking about Dad? You love Dad. Of course I do. But Dick Lemon isn't Ed. Ed? Who's Ed? Ed was my true love, sweetheart. He was my steady at Montclair High. The night before he was shipped off to Korea, I repeatedly lost my virginity to him while Waldo, the town perv, watched from the bushes. Wait, what? Nothing, younger me. It's fine. He wanted to get married, but when he was invited to Houston for his astronaut training... He was an astronaut? You could have been an astronaut's wife? It wasn't that simple, Liz. I had just graduated from secretary school, and I got a job at Sterling Cooper. I couldn't just pick up and move. I was already 26, an old maid. Different times. Octomom. So I settled for a wonderful man, and I have never regretted it. Not even when I watched Ed Aldrin walk on the moon. Wait, your Ed is Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, but I always called him Ed because our town had like five Buzzes. You could have married Buzz Aldrin? You should regret that, Mom. You should have followed him. Laura Linney could have played you in the HBO original movie Moon Wives. Who doesn't want Laura Linney to play them in an HBO original movie? I don't know. I thought she did a good job in everything I've seen her in. <laughs> uh, man, there's a lot to unpack in that scene. Yeah. So the flashback, uh, the visual, there's a couple of visual jokes. Uh, one, Liz is playing the younger mom, which makes sense because genetics. Um, <laughs> the gentleman that she's walking arm in arm with is the same gentleman that Liz has in her imaginations of astronaut Mike Dexter, who we will see once again and and finally uh see him in the season four finale uh the the fun joke of breaking the fourth wall of when the mom was talking about the waldo the town perv was watching them have sex uh liz stops the and that well, stops the story to say what and then the mom is looking directly at the camera's like don't worry about it past me like there's there's a lot of fun stuff in there 
Yeah, obviously. Well, you our, can speak to yeah, I'll say this. Our, our, our other Mad Men reference where she says she gets a job at Sterling Cooper, which is the ad agency that at the beginning of Mad Men is the is the yeah. ad the, agency the that yeah, yeah. The, the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This this is about the, the part of pop culture where I am about 50-50 on getting most references in shows because I, ha- I was aware of what Mad Men was, but I hadn't watched it. So I just assumed Sterling Cooper was a famous ad agent, or not ad agency, but like a stir, like a uh, st- uh, what are they? What are those called? Like uh, just secretary offices or whatever. Like just one of those like places that women in the '60s worked at. Like it was just a very famous business. Were getting, yeah, business. Like women were getting into the workplace. It was yeah. just a famous uh, first business for for women to get into that sort of line of work. So. Now learning that it's Sterling Cooper and yeah. another reference to Mad Men, it's like, oh, okay, they were just winking at yeah. the audience again. It, but it's also really funny because I don't know if they do. I, I specifically remember in the finale of the show where Liz says to Jack, like, doesn't he want to know what, what happens on the finale of Mad Men? So it's it really, it's kind of funny that the, it, like, it's both the world of Mad Men is yeah. canon in the show, but they're also like directly referencing it as a work of fiction TV yeah. show. Like, like it's, the meta jokes yeah. that are like weighing, I guess by that time, well, I mean, at this time still Mad Men had become a very known popular Oh, for sure. Icon. This this was probably when it was at its peak in the yeah, you know, pop culture icon. I'll get through that show seasons. one day. I started it over uh, Thanksgiving last year. Uh, I just need to stick with it because it's just like, I don't know, I, I, I have a hard time doing hour-long shows because I could watch three episodes of a 20-minute show in that time. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up on that show eventually. I've, I've given it a second chance because I remember that first episode way back when, when I started watching it. I was just like, this is like Westworld levels of nonsensical dialogue of just, they're not actually saying anything. They're just talking. How dare you compare Mad Men to Westworld? Well, they're both critically acclaimed. Um, well... One, one has. One I don't know. Ratings. Westworld hasn't really gotten great notices the past couple. Of seasons. Oh yeah, and I feel like I think I think we may have mentioned this already, but I feel like Westworld's got one more season in it, just from yeah. financial. Like it's got to be an incredibly expensive show to create, as well as doesn't seem like as many people are watching it as they once were. Uh, and for sure, it just it's... doesn't have the lasting appeal as Game of Thrones or anything else that they were yeah. really hedging their bets on. But um, yeah, I mean. I, I think I've gotten halfway through the first season of Mad Men and like introducing January Jones's characters, her storyline of her realizing she's nothing but a housewife and she needs something more. Like that's that's an interesting arc that I'm really curious to see more of, as well as um, is Penny is Elizabeth Moss's character. Uh, uh, no. Um, something with a P, right? Oh my God, Peggy. 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 Ah, yeah. So close. Uh, like her seemingly already being potentially uh but like seemingly she's not as squeaky clean as she appears in at least the beginning of the the series like she seemingly has something under the surface uh that will probably be explored as it goes on does she last throughout the entire series oh yeah oh yeah pretty much all i mean yeah i mean also they don't really i know like i know i think just like snooping around that's salvatore guy they don't hide the fact that he's a homosexual very well. So oh. when they finally reveal it, I'm just going to be like... Well, they don't really reveal it. Like, I mean, they do. Like, it definitely comes into play. Like, that definitely influences storylines down the road. But not... There's no... It's. I don't know if it's... It's been a little while since I've watched. I think every episode has been the last time I've seen them. But I don't think they really reference it. 
very explicitly. Like, I mean, there are definitely storylines where it's important that you know that, but like, I think the show generally assumes you know that more than very like specifically like hitting you on the head to make sure you know it. It's like, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, even from like the first episode, he has like a very uh, detailed drawing of a shirtless man. Like, it's just like, yeah, they're. This isn't going to be a surprise. Like, no, it's not supposed to be. Okay. But they also right. But I mean, because it's it's, it's, it's in ways like that where they imply it with that. But I but I, unless there's I'm forgetting something, out, there's not yeah, there's not really any sort of big yeah. like coming out moment or scene. But I think that's it's I just mean, it's, he, it's tastefully done. Like, yeah. it's it's not he's not a very stereotypical representation. But yeah, I want to say the, that time the most explicit thing is like just a way like he interacts with a bellboy at one point, and mm-hmm. it's like. It's like that's like the most overt, and it's like it's not like a hit you on the head moment. It's like it's 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 sort of like they've given you everything you need leading up to that moment to understand what's going on. But in like that's like the big revelation. But it's more I don't know like it's it's a, more of a it's a, it's a it's a low low dramatic way to confirm I guess. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, again, this is not a Mad Men podcast. No. Um, so. While uh, Tracy and Novella get to know each other, uh, cutting some stuff again, um, Colleen uh, runs into Avery. In the hot box. In the hot box. All right, start with taxes, then insurance, and change this to Latin America. I can't say Nicaragua. You must be Avery. Yes. I am so sorry, Miss Jessup. Mrs. Donaghy keeps tricking me and running away, but not anymore. Carl, they need you out in the hall. Yes, ma'am. Mrs. Donaghy, you must be Jack's mother. Indeed I am. And Jack has told me so much about you. You're going to have to work your backside because chest-wise, you have the measurements of an altar boy. I wish Jack had told me you were in town. Well, men have their little secrets, don't they? Especially Jack. Secrets? What I'm trying to say is, if you're serious about Jackie, let him know now. A man like Jack has other irons in the fire. I beg your pardon? Oh, look at the time. I've got to get back to uh, calling Kenneth Carl to see if he ever corrects me. Carl! Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Again, love all her line range and laughs. The only thing that I'm not quite getting here is so Avery ran into them in the elevator, and yeah. although it wasn't specifically said, like it was Jack standing next to an older woman who could have been some random person, but it's like in that scene, the way she speaks makes it's like she's figuring out for the first time that that's his mother. So it's like it's kind of weird that she encountered them like that and like didn't. Have any idea? I don't know. Well, I think, well, I think you know this, so I'm not talking down to you or anything. But that I think that was supposed to represent Colleen being able to pick on without anything hinting at Avery and Jack being in a relationship. That Colleen's like they're they're fucking they're sitting together. But I don't think Avery was supposed to make any connection that they were related. Uh, or she didn't, or she just didn't think to even make yeah. the connection. Which well, is like the way she acts. It seems like she's never seen her before, and it's like, yeah. I mean, well, maybe she's, not, she's, not she that you always remember. Cycle, so yeah, she's that's busy. true. She's got not, a lot going not on. Not necessarily remember everyone you randomly right. like see coming on or off or an elevator, but right. I just like it. 
it just seemed weird because like she did, she obviously she knew who Jack was, so this was right. the woman standing yeah. next to him, and she's very I mean she has a very distinctive look. Right, Colleen you would, does. You would remember someone like that, right. and you you could surmise from the different ages yeah. and the. It's the not a big deal. Right. It's just a little yeah. thing I noticed about that. So. But speaking of memory and, and remembering things, we were talking at work the other day about why people dream and the difference between nightmares and things like that. But also we were talking about memory, and apparently there are studies showing that. In a dream or or when you imagine things and you imagine people that you've never seen in your life, you actually have seen those people, but you saw them once and you've never seen them yeah. again. So they just seem like complete figments That's of your imagination. Heard, yeah. Like people you randomly see like out in public yeah. or you, like store I'm sure people that I've passed or, today, yeah. like, I'll see them somewhere down the line in a dream or something and I'll be yeah. like, who is that? <laughs> but also apparently Uh-oh. you retain, and this isn't bad, no you retain literally I, I remember reading this years ago and i wish i could find it but you retain literally everything that's ever happened to you it's in your brain yeah but because obviously as you get older there's more and more and more compacted your brain trying to access all of that is almost impossible i mean obviously there are some people that have excellent memories and can can pull but they're a very small margin of people but yeah like so when you when you have something that's on the tip of your tongue or things like that like it's just because your brain is is in that area trying yeah. to figure it out but it's just it's too much in there and i, I was like that's kind of cool like i just ha- i do have a bad memory but it's not anything i can really f- i mean i guess you could probably fix i think there's like things you can do to fix that but yeah anyway uh 30 rock uh once again teaches us some fun lessons about you don't get to choose your family and it's it's kind of schmaltzy but anyway uh, Jenna comes to Tracy for assistance with Verna. Tracy, this Mother's Day thing is a disaster. I hear you, because you're talking in the air that I didn't lose a button in. I thought Verna and I had made this breakthrough, but now we're just back to fighting about money and clothes. Thank God Terry's dead, or we'd be fighting over him again, too. Boy, I thought I had a bad with my fake mom. Are you kidding? At least your fake mom has to act like she cares about you. Yeah, it's true. And she is a good actress. I bought those pajama rolls. And you got to choose her. No, Jenna. No one gets to choose their mom. Even when they're fake. For good or bad, we're stuck with them. And you know what? They don't get to choose who we are either. And God knows we're not perfect. It's true. Sometimes I sing too beautifully. Way to go, Jenna. Never backdoor brag. Um, but there's also a really clever line there where she said, at least your mom doesn't have to act like she likes you, which is like hilarious because that's exactly what she has to do if she wants to get paid yeah, by Jack. That's a good line. Yeah. That's a good line. Uh, meanwhile, Avery is in Jack's office and confronts him because now she knows the truth about uh, Jack's. Well, does she know? No, she doesn't. Well, she doesn't know specifically she Nancy. Know specific she just knows that based that off Colleen's line about the other irons, right. that there must be she, some She knows that, that they're not exclusive, so she confronts him about their exclusivity. What a nice... Is there another woman? What? How did you... Colleen. Don't blame your mother, Jack. This is about us. Oh, my God. Look, Avery, you know how I feel. So I'm going to skip the part where I deny anything, then you skip the part where you yell at me, and then we both move on to the uh, makeup sex. Wow. That is a swing. Look, I assumed you and I were exclusive, but we never talked about it, so maybe this is partly my fault. And I forgive you. Come here. I'm sorry, but these tactics have worked on stupider women. If we're going to move forward, you better figure out what it is you want soon. 
So, uh, it's only recently, which watching this scene, that Jack's manipulative uh, side sort of comes out here where he has the line of, that's worked on stupider women, which is a funny line read, but at the same time, it's also in the in the era of like Me Too and people being really scummy with relationships. Like, yeah, that's true. The fact that he can use that to just manipulate someone yeah. and, and into having sex or to be with him is like gross, but it also shows the strength in Avery and that she does not budge and she's just like, mm-hmm. that's not going to work on me, buddy. Uh, but it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a, again, I like the Avery and Jack dynamic. I think they work incredibly well together and Elizabeth Banks is always fantastic. So I'm glad she's in that role. She does a good job with it. But I guess this is arguably the biggest cameo of the episode in Buzz Aldrin because he's literally the only one that's been to space. Yes. I have anyone in the cast. So, uh, but man, I'm going to be kind to Mr. Aldrin, but this is a tough, tough. He's not an actor. Um, Anyway, uh, Liz meets Buzz Aldrin. Excuse me, Dr. Aldrin. I'm sorry, there wasn't a door, so I just. I don't believe in barriers because I always break them. You must be Liz. Yes, sir. I actually came about my mother, Margaret Lemon. Well, you would have known her as Margaret Freeman. Maggie Freeman? Of course I remember her. Well, I'm sorry to bother you, but I can't help but wonder what my mom lost by giving up on you, her perfect man. Perfect? Sure, I'm a famous astronaut, decorated fighter pilot, doctorate from MIT. But even I sometimes, I see you, I see what you're doing. Return to the night. You've no business here. Are you yelling at the moon? I'm sorry. She and I just... I get mad sometimes. Sure. Look, you want to know what your mother missed? Years of drinking, depression, cheating. I flipped over a sob in the San Fernando Valley. I once woke up in the Air and Space Museum with a revolver in the waistband of my jean shorts. Oh, my God. But you're... A human being. But I'm at peace now. Sober almost 32 years. But I would have put Maggie Freeman through hell. The moms were right. There's no such thing as astronaut Mike Dexter. What am I doing? I'm sorry if I've disappointed you. Would you like to yell at the moon with Buzz Aldrin? Yes, please. I own you! You dumb moon! I walked on your face! Don't you know it's day? Idiot! Man, he did the he did the best. But jeez. I mean it the 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 line that really sticks out to me is when he's talking to her. And then he's supposed I assume the line read was you glance out the side of your eye and you see the moon, and then that's yeah. why you, but it's just like but he's like I, I, was, I did this and this and that and then he's like stops and then full body turns to the window and it's just like oh, and I, I'm not saying I could do better but it's just like man it's just it's such a wooden delivery that it's just like how many takes did you do did you do one take and that was it because that's what it feels like you're doing here Buzz I don't know anyway it's, it's fun heart. He uh, I think aside from this and obviously him walking on the moon I think his most infamous thing is him punching uh, that uh, uh, denier uh, in the face who oh, uh, confronted him outside of a museum or something I don't know but was talking to him about you never actually went to the moon the moon landing was false and <laughs> he just punches the guy in the face good for him yeah you go Buzz act better next time anyway <laughs> alright 
I mean, that was fun. I'm, I'm sure that was a dream for Tina Fey to meet Buzz Aldrin because it seems like she's a bit of a science nerd anyway. Uh, so we're coming to the conclusion of the episode. Uh, sort of everyone's wrapping up their stories. Jenna and Verna wrap up their stories very sweetly where they sort of just meet in the middle on uh, their whole distance argument. Uh, after Jack has sort of helped convince Verna that she's really not going to get them. I, did we talk about the reason she's there? Yeah, she's... I think we touched on it, but the reason Verna was there was she was returning the favor that Jack asked her back in when she was first appearing. Uh, but Verna's really there because she needs the other half of the money because she's already gotten a boob lift on one, one side. Boob. One boob. So she needs it to help the other one that's still sagging because she's got the meat. Um, but they, they meet in the middle to... Uh, Verna is wearing the outfit Jenna's asked, and Jenna is now wearing the outfit that Verna's asked of her to wear. Well, I'm ready for the show. Mom, you're wearing my outfit. Well, a mother makes sacrifices, like those 16 hours I spent in labor, even though it was Margarita Monday at Dockside Joe's. Daughters make sacrifices, too. Why, why are you wearing that? What, who's paying you? No one. I'm wearing it for the same reason you're wearing mine. Because I love you. I love you too, baby girl. Oh, why does your chest feel weird? Uh, because I love you so much. Sincerely. Oh, yes, sincerely. Because I love you so dearly. You look beautiful. Mom, thank you. Sad? I think I'm ready for the sex talk. <laughs> Mom, you were right to settle. I'm glad you married Dad. So am I, dear. Now, would you please find yourself someone and start a family before my hereditary dementia sets in? I am 51 years old. Do you not think I can take care of my own personal life? Think? I know you can't. You do a lot of things well. Make money, choose wine, wear ties. But you and women, disaster. Divorce, broken engagements. I assume herpes. And I wonder why I'm like that. Maybe it's because you can't let go of your precious Jackie. So you undermine me at every turn. I'm not going to be around forever. Don't pull that out, Colleen. And if I don't do something... You will never make a decision. You'll just frou-frou around with Nancy and Avery until they're both gone. And then where will I be? I'll be circling the globe in my coffin rocket. Something I saw on TV. It's very expensive. I'm done disapproving, Jackie. I'm just trying to help. I need to know that someone is looking out for my little boy. All right, Colleen. That I'm asking you for the first time in my life. Tell me what to do. And I'm going to tell you, for the first time in my life, I can't. <sighs> I did not lose her, sir. Carl would never let you down. Carl, that does not sound right. Kevin! No? 
Who am I? Is it Key? No, that's not. Yes, I'm Key. Poor Kenneth. He tries. He got a couple letters right. Yeah, he's close. Three out of seven. Four. K E T H, right? Keith, Kenneth, yeah. Four out of seven. Four out of seven. That's good. That's over good 50%. job, Kenneth. Yay, Kenneth. All right, so <clears throat> that wraps up the main bulk of the story. Now we just have the post credit scene where it's uh, all of the moms on stage singing the uh, Go Tie Your Dreams to a Rocket. Uh, yeah, but it was the episode where Frank and Liz lived together. Um, and that was the And the song. video. Yes, the video revealed that Paranormal Activity Perry parody. God, I can't believe that series is that old. They had like seven of them. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so it's all of the moms singing, uh, singing that song collectively. Uh, there is a fun bit where Patty Lupone has a small solo and she forcibly sings it off key. And I think that's for the character because obviously anyone that knows Patty Lupone, she's an incredibly talented stage and uh, screen actress who's won multiple awards for her talent of singing. So just the choice of her to sing horribly, <laughs> uh, which she does a good job at doing badly. Uh, but um, that, that basically wraps up the moms. Uh, final thoughts on this episode? I thought it was a very good episode. Yeah. Good job, moms. Yeah, I think off of the back of the last few episodes, I think we've been pretty down on most of them, either because they just didn't progress enough plot or they were just kind of ho-hum. I think this one really picks up that pace again, especially as we're leading into the finale now. Uh, only a couple episodes left before we wrap up season four. This just picks up that sort of frantic uh, 30 Rock energy that we, I think, has been missing for a few episodes. So, And then everyone, you know, gets a little bit of a laugh. Obviously, Colleen Elaine Stritch is always great. So anytime she's in an episode, it's usually, I don't think she's had a bad moment ever. She's just always been, she, st- she stills every, st- every scene she's in. Uh, and even if the episode is ho-hum, sh- her moments in- are always memorable. Um, and everyone else does a good job. Like, Liz's mom is fun. Like, learning more of her backstory, even though it doesn't really come up again anymore. It's still yeah. it's still just a fun little footnote yeah. of she was apparently a part of the Mad Men world. Yeah. Uh, that whole scene sense. is so because, like, all, all her line reads about what she's telling about, like, the, her, the about dating Buzz Aldrin and she was an old maid and not right, like, yeah. her line was just like she's like she's like she's just so matter of fact about it was like freaking out like you almost she's yeah. like she's, yeah, she's like I'm very matter of fact like right. this is what happened in my life but I'm, I married I, your dad I once it was Buzz fine Aldrin, the famed astronaut who went to the moon had a good job at Sterling Cooper all this and I was 26 I was an old man yeah, it's like it's such a great bit and it's like man most people haven't even started dating by 26 like and she's already seeing herself as incredible. Well, I think most people have started well, dating, sorry, not dating by but like they haven't like been in a necessarily married relationship. It's mostly just you know a lot of multiple. It's different, like like this. It's yes. different mom, octo mom, or different time. Uh, yeah, not <laughs> octo time. Jeez, uh, that's almost a dated reference. We didn't even touch on yeah. it, but it was the lady that had I mean, kids at one time. Yeah, that's that's. The I mean, story. she was a tabloid fixture, but it's been. I mean, it's, it's been a been while, and she hasn't. I mean, yeah. well. She's it's, probably it's possible she's like big on Instagram or something still unhappy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I feel like there are lots of people safe. like big on Instagram who like do a lot of sponsored content, but that's true. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with her. So yeah. hopefully the kids are doing well. Hopefully the kids are fine, and I'm surprised she didn't get a reality show like that. What John didn't and she? John, oh, she probably did. I don't know, but I remember I the feel like other she ones that John and, and John, John and Kate, Kate plus eight, whatever. Ugh. 
Then it was just Kate or just John. Oh, I don't Kate, know. Kate was it? I, it doesn't matter. He was anyway. a scumbag, and she probably wasn't much better. She 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 she's like I feel like the prototype Karen. Karen, yeah, she was pre Karen. <laughs> anyway. anyway, I think I think she was one of the people that popularized that. Because well, that hair for, for sure, yeah. the hairstyle was like um, yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, any other final thoughts on the moms before we say adieu? No other final thoughts. No final thoughts. All right. Well, as always, thanks for joining us on Go To There. If you like what we're doing, rating, reviewing, all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in next week's episode, 79, season 4, episode 21, entitled Emmanuel Goes to Dinosaur Land, wherein Tracy is really focusing on his Oscar and trying to make sure he chooses the right project to ensure that. As well as Wesley has returned, and Jack is still juggling the Nancy and Avery scenario. So we will get more as we start building to the finale in a couple of weeks. David, take us out. See you next time. That's our show. Thanks for watching. But before you go to bed, our moms are going to tuck you in with a special song. Don't go to sleep with a frown in your pocket. Take it to the yard and tie it to a rocket. Shoot it to the moon. You feel better, sir. Don't go to bed with a frown. Just listen to yourself, Jack. I know it's gay, but it's my gay problem, and I'm handling it.